0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door
1: with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
2: Welcome to episode 49 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. Uh, I think we got video this week, right? right? You're staring at yes. yourself
3: right now. I'm, I'm staring at myself.
2: We do. Uh, <laughs> we might post video, but it's, it's me, Arden, Eric, and Luke.
0: Yeah, we're, everyone's having like some sort of issue. Eric's having his mic issues where normally he's too loud. This week he's too quiet. Uh, Ty's USB apparently doesn't work on his laptop. My, I'm perfect because I'm the producer. And then Martin's like 30 seconds delayed on his video or something like
1: that. So I'm so uh, delayed on, on my video. Testing, it's right? kind of yeah. ridiculous.
0: <laughs> okay, well, at least you're not delayed on the sound right now. It doesn't sound yeah. like you are. So we got that. We got that's that. good. That is um, good. Ty, what are we talking about today?
2: Yeah, we, we've had lots of news this week. Uh, firstly, we're going to talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh uh, hiring their new GM and hockey operations man. Uh, Hexdahl's a GM. Brian Burke's their president of hockey operations. I think that's what they gave him as a title, right? Yeah, All right? Something along those president lines. President of right?
3: hockey operations, Brian okay. Burke, ladies and gentlemen. And mm-hmm. then we
2: got, you know, we had some tortora, more Tortorella drama. This is a late-night recording. You know You know that Luke has to uh, has to go to bed soon. Boomer Luke has to go to bed, so it'll probably be a little bit shorter. Some but, of us uh, have to
3: work after this episode, Luke. Yeah, Lucas? I, hope that,
2: I hope that Eric's getting his overtime pay, you know, putting in work at 11.30 p.m. <laughs>
3: There's no such He's thing not. as overtime pay in the well, real-world tie. I don't know what... Well, I don't. I don't know <laughs> what world Ty's living in where they give OT to full-time employees, but apparently he's living in some magical Bro. world where that happens.
2: And it's amazing With that overtime pay time and a half. Well, it's gone now. It's gone now, but like, <laughs> dude, oh we right? now? Insane.
0: Yeah, they caught up well, on their customer support. They caught up. it.
2: Yeah, I've been. I was half-assing my work for like six months just to get you know that <laughs> overtime pay.
3: Uh, where are you gonna get Sonic to listen to this podcast? You could bring on some point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that might not so be happening anymore. That's uh, that out, Luke.
1: That out. Cut I'm cut not that cutting that out. out. I'm not cutting that <laughs> out. You can't cut that out. Um, it's too funny. Uh
2: yeah, so now, uh, uh, so let's start it off with Pittsburgh hiring Ron Ron Hextall. Firstly, I think that's pretty weird. I think everyone thinks that's a little weird. Not to, not because he's a bad GM by any means, but just because he was a, a Philadelphia Flyers goalie for however long, a decade, and was their previous GM, and now he's at their biggest rival, Pittsburgh.
1: Apparently, mm-hmm. it ended por- poorly with him in Philadelphia.
3: Hexo, yeah. Well, wasn't it about Carter? Something about Carter Hart and playing him slash not playing him, and there was a big fight between. Was it ownership in him over yeah. Carter Something Hart? Basically like I think that's what was I think that's what the situation was. They thought he was ready, Hexal was like leaving in the HL or whatever for another little mm-hmm. bit. And then Hart he turned out to be wrong. Like Hart was ready. He came in and yes. he played pretty decently for the rest of the season. He came in like midway or towards the end. I don't really remember. It was a while back, but uh Hexel was a good GM overall. Like I don't think you could point to anything and be like that was awful. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, what we're, like me them. and Martin were talking about his worst signings and the two worst signings. Yeah. The two worst signings were probably Van Riemsdyk and uh ghost ghost, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were his two worst signings. Like I'm actually, I'm on caught friendly well, right now. James Van Riemsdyk for seven years, $5 million, $35 million. That was like the year before that was the summer before he got fired. I think, and then Bear four point five million for six years, which honestly at the time wasn't really like that atrocious. Like that I think was it's more of a like Bear
2: Gossespare, Sorry, Ghostespeare's been kind of shitty the past few years. Oh, right? he's like, been
3: awful. He hasn't been worth like four. He hasn't even been worth like two million for ha- most. Yeah, of but years before, of but when
2: he signed that contract, he was. Oh, he I'd was. Put, he, yeah,
3: his rookie season like sixty. Like he had three years of like averaging like fifty or fifty five point pace basically and then just fell off basically I mean, right after the contract. I mean you signed. also
2: have you also have some other defensemen who came in like Provorov, and mostly a Philippe Myers and Travis Sanheim, and
3: all yeah, those guys we're all, stepped in lot and were, were better. better. Yeah. Yeah well Ghost needs uh, to be on the power play to be good, right? That's the issue. Exactly. Like he needs to be on that first power play. And he can't be in a vigno system that's reliant on, uh, like just jumping the puck in. Basically, he's that's not his game, right? He's a puck he, rushing like defenseman, and vigno doesn't like the defenseman doing that.
1: Do you think they do something like right away?
3: Probably. Um, like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs some D. I,
2: I think that again, Eichman. I got to be honest with you. I think I said this last week or the week before. You I don't know what's going week. on. I don't know what's going on in the United States, man. I couldn't tell you, but I think Pittsburgh has some injury problems on D. I think they've been looking for a defenseman. Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith haven't been real good in net. I mean,
3: Pittsburgh has one regulation win right now. As of this moment, yeah. anyways, they have one regulation win. Obviously, they haven't, I don't think they've played as many games as uh, the Canadian teams because everything's getting canceled in the U.S. right now. But yep. they've very much not been good, and there's a couple guys they have coming back, like Zach Ash and Reese and some other guys. But
2: oh, I, I mean, mean when they're, they're missing their they're missing their
3: Trophy winner in the lineup, so exactly. So, How do you you're supposed you, to yeah. expect <laughs> to be good when you use the best defensive player in the NHL? Come on, I mean, it's just it's pretty straightforward if we're being honest. Like, <laughs> that and uh, for some reason bringing in losing Hornquist and bringing in Mike Matheson and Cody CC just didn't improve the team. It's just really weird how that happens, isn't it? Like why well, did I mean, Matheson did not improve the team? What are what are the odds of that? I mean Cody
2: CC has not been actually too too bad. I don't think I, I saw some, yeah. some to crazy fair, numbers that he had. <laughs> yeah. The Cody CC experience hasn't been that bad, but it, it was, was
3: bad early on in the season though. Yeah. It was
2: very bad early on.
1: A lot I, of I, I think they that of um injuries.
2: i don't think that they do anything i think Latang's injured i think mal i saw some something on uh malcolm's been watching, awful like, TSN. yeah malcolm's been awful and i think he also got it's some eye irritation or something like that he had to leave practice today i think i read something mm-hmm. was kind of weird
1: mm-hmm.
2: but oh, okay so um, that's
3: that's why he's been at least somewhat rough because he's been brute like him he's been brutal Latang, i don't think latang has been very good and Obviously, their goaltending has been trash.
2: I mean, they're a team who has their Pittsburgh's a team that has their 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 top players for, and they've been there for a decade now, or over a decade, I guess, fifteen years. Like Malkin, Crosby, Latang, fifteen years now. And that's their; those are their guys. And then they, you know, they kind of fill in the rest of it, right? The rest of their team with the like Crosby will always have two random wingers with him, right? And and they'll I mean, be successful Jen, because they these- need.
3: He's had his like right wing. He's had his guy in Gensel at least for the last. Couple yeah, that's years true. Well. I mean,
2: yeah, Gensel's um, good, but but I mean, like you know, they they have these these guys plug come up and, and, and can just plug and play. Yeah, exactly. You don't remember really remember when like to be
0: Gary good. Roberts and Mark Reckey were on that team. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Boomers, what a throwback! Remember bro. when Chris Kunitz made the freaking Olympics team because because Crosby? of
1: Crosby? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, like, like,
3: it's, it's just Crosby. <laughs> They're just like, oh, he plays well with Crosby. We should put him on the Olympics team.
2: But <laughs> if so, if Pittsburgh, the only way Pittsburgh's successful is if is if Crosby, Malkin, Latang are good. That's their. Team. Not That's playing their, their game team.
1: right now. And if they, they show any hate. signs
2: of aging. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, I mean, again, you can't you can't say that Crosby's been bad because I think Crosby's always been. I think Crosby's always going to be his consistent self.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I think down nobody there, on but... that Pittsburgh team has been like. I don't even think Crosby's been great from the game. I've only watched like three Pens games, so I it, <laughs> it's hard to say he has. That's more been, than me, bro. Bad this so... but like he hasn't been good. Like I haven't watched Crosby when that's the second or third was, best was... player in the world, right there. As of, yeah, how's your anyway. boy
1: john marino been?
3: he's uh, he's not been too great either. he's not been
2: good man yeah, yeah his either. voice have been pretty bad it's
3: all of, it's all of pittsburgh though man like all of pittsburgh has just been off and i think i think like hornquist like a lot of people are blaming blaming it on losing hornquist i don't think you can just look at that one guy and go the team falls apart because they lost him That's like a lazy analysis of the issue with Pittsburgh, but he's definitely a loss. Like, you can't, yeah, but he's definitely a loss. Like, he's definitely impacted the team somewhat for sure. He was there, everyone loved him. Crosby. So, what is Hexall gonna do?
0: Is the question.
2: Oh, yeah, he's (laughs) He's stuck, man. He's stuck. So, so Pittsburgh, what, what, so Pittsburgh's
3: like. He has he to like go. they, all the they way. have to. Yeah. They, there's no rebuilding here. There's use every ounce of hockey that Crosby and Malkin have. With.
1: Yeah, the owner the owners have no desire to rebuild currently.
2: Yeah. No, well and they, they shouldn't. Should, they shouldn't. Yeah. If you have Crosby there and Malkin there and until they're free agents and maybe decide to end their career somewhere else, you don't rebuild. That's there's pointless. So, like,
3: he- and Hextel is it's weird because they brought in Hextel, who is the guy that actually oversaw really well Philadelphia's drafting and rebuilding kind of the team after. Um, after, I don't think they had early decade success, but they were, you know, they had a somewhat competitive team, fell off a bit, kind of rebuilt them, and he drafted a bunch of really good guys. I was actually going to talk about this, but like he drafted Provorov, Faraby, Travis Sanheim, Travis Konecny, Morgan Frost, Carter Hart, Felix Sandstrom, uh, I think that... Oh, Oscar Lindblom. So, like, everyone on that team right now that's young and good, he drafted them, essentially. And, you know, give credit to Flyers staff and scouts and everything like that. But so he oversaw some of the best drafting in the NHL over his time there. Yeah. That's why I, mean- I was like,
0: Martin's... Hate towards him, Martin said. Martin said three minutes into this podcast, he came around on it. And I'm like, Well, wow, that was a quick 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, a lot of Because
3: immediately, immediately when Hagstone was signed, Martin was like, That's an awful move. And I was <laughs> and
0: like, was, I don't think so.
3: Yeah, we were like, I don't know. That doesn't seem that right.
1: That's just because his time at Philadelphia wasn't great, but they are good now.
3: Yeah, it's because he got fired right before his work was starting to pay off. And I said that at the time when he was fired too. Like the second he was fired, I was just like, he's just about to bring all these guys up into the NHL and they fired him. And it was just yes. like, and but the thing was, there were solid criticisms of his tenure, right? And it was, the coaching was a complete mess. Yeah. He could never find his goalies bad. to come in and perform well. And that was bad. I think, those are the, I think those are the two criticisms, right? I mean,
2: like, yeah, it's think? pretty bad. It's pretty bad all when time. like one of the best goalies of all time can't find a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Like he exactly. he had a real he had real struggles finding a goalie, and the funny thing is Pittsburgh doesn't have a goalie currently, and he's gonna have to, That's like the biggest thing he has to find. <laughs> so. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> so, so when Mar- I thought about that after Martin said it too, and I thought like, "Ooh, that's." That's one thing he, he very much struggled <laughs> with. But the thing is, it's all about – it's not like he's had, like, five chances in the league. Like, this is his second GM job, right? So yeah. And pro, I'm
1: have
3: i hoping he learned something from his last – And wasn't tennis. he
1: a, an assistant when L.A. was winning the Cups and stuff? Or won their first?
3: Uh, yeah. yeah, he was with that's L.A. That's where he started out, yeah. Yeah, that's where he started out. And then uh, the Flyers grabbed him or whatever. Yeah,
2: I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I th- and then the other thing that uh, they did was, they. I think we talked a little bit, We, we uh, I think we touched on what you think Hextall is going to do and what he has to work with. One last thing I wanted to say is that for Pittsburgh, it's also hard for them to to even consider rebuilding because they haven't drafted, they haven't had high draft picks in my, many of the years, right? Like, yeah. could you tell me it, uh, Pittsburgh's last first round draft pick? Was it maybe like Gasperi Kapanen? That's the last one I can remember. Kapanen,
3: um Well, technically, the only the last one wasn't it the last first round draft pick to play for Pittsburgh? Wasn't it Crosby until Kapanen came back? Like that Man, was. Yeah, I don't only even know. Like, real. like I mean, honestly, like, like, dude, I think it's, it was it's something like that. It was like Crosby was the last first round pick to play for Pittsburgh until they grabbed Kapanen back, and then now he's, I Pretty guess, he's the last guy. <laughs>
2: but. Like I said, I, 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 literally, I can't tell you if that's right. They, that's the last one I can remember. I think I, as hit. I was
3: going through cap friendly here, so these are the goalies that Hextall brought in to fix Philly's issues. So Brian Elliott, who wasn't great back then, but's kind of turned it around a little bit more recently. He's, he's
2: a solid backup goalie to have on your team. I think you can, yeah, can kind of count on okay. him.
1: Michael He's been a backup his whole career.
3: And he brought. He kept bringing. And he kept bringing Neuverth back. <laughs> like just <Yes>. continually, <laughs> like three contracts or something like that. He kept trying with them and just didn't. It just didn't work over and over again. <laughs> just kept trying it. Norv a uh, good
2: goalie, but he just kept getting injured. I think.
3: man, it was a while back, so it's know. hard to like remember all this stuff. But like, I remember looking in back, going like, "You need to try something else here." You know what I mean? I like maybe he was, was was good, maybe he was good, maybe he wasn't good, maybe he just. Like, I don't Well, you I that. think
2: it could have been a solid... I think it could have been... Like, the Le had him in last year as a... Like, they were potentially going to bring him as the backup, and then he got injured and left. <laughs> <laughs> he got injured in a preseason game, I think.
3: Oh, yeah. I, I do remember that.
2: I remember and that. then he
3: never got a chance again or something, right?
2: I think... No, I think that he 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 actually decided that. He's like, all right, screw this. I'm just going to go not try yeah. anymore. Go back to Czech Republic. <laughs> or okay, or so or then or the or other boys were
3: Alex Alex Lyon. Or Leon, I don't know how you say his name. Um, and Anthony Stolars. and uh, I think that's it. Those were the goalies he brought in during his uh during his tenure with uh, Philly. So that's a rough bunch of names in that. Did he
1: have Steve Mason he when he first card started? Heart
3: in the second round. Oh, Steve Mason too. Yes, but I think he already had. I'm pretty sure he already had Steve Mason because I don't yeah, see an extension in the signing.
0: Remember when Steve Mason set the record for shutouts in a year?
1: Yeah, that was insane. Steve yeah, Mason was actually a his, like,
0: yeah.
3: he was a good goalie at some point. And then he went like to Winnipeg. And they signed him to ish. like a two-year, four million dollar deal. Yeah. And yeah, it was like three it was two or three years for like four million dollars or something like that. And everyone was looking at that at the time and going, why would you do that? And then obviously he got bought out like a year. That ago. That was so
2: funny. No, the, it was. It was the, I remember the first game of the season against the Leafs a couple years ago, and they went like eight two or nine two in the Jets home opener. And Mason was, was garbage.
3: Oh, he was in that. Mason, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Ooh. Yeah. So I think if Hextall is going to succeed, he needs to figure out his goalie problem. I don't know if he's learned from that. And then Pittsburgh luckily doesn't have a coaching issue. They have Mike Sullivan, but.
0: I don't know. I was seeing word on Twitter yesterday that they've had enough of Mike Sullivan and they want him fired.
2: Yeah. I that, that guy's I think in a in a in a team where they're so used to winning that like if they if they're struggling, I mean the coach is always gonna be on the on the chopping block there.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well um, I think he's he's gone out in the first round two years in a row, right? Yeah, yes. and
2: right. like that, that one uh, yeah, they lost to they lost to Montreal in that in the play in, and then they lost to New York Islanders. They got swept. Yeah,
3: so the year before, and then this year's the third year of that where yeah. they might not make the playoffs at the moment based off where they are. Pretty in much the
1: same thing so. that Chicago. I get, did a I get the years whole ago. aspect of. Um, Chicago did the same thing, right? Um, they they tried to continue on the playoff streak. And then they went four zero in two back to back playoffs, first rounds, and that's essentially what Pittsburgh's done these past two years. And Chicago fired their coach, uh, tried to make it work, and now they're finally being like, "Oh fuck, I don't think this is gonna work. Like we gotta change something." I think Pittsburgh's heading down the exact same yeah. route, <laughs> like, especially if it doesn't work this year. Like,
3: I, I think Pittsburgh's a little bit better than where. Chicago was at the time because Chicago had those anchor contracts and a bunch of players that just weren't worth what they were getting paid. Like, just crap all over the roster. Seabrook, Keith, Taves wasn't really performing. Um, Just a bunch of guys. Like, uh, who else was there? Oh, uh, who do they trade for Tara Vinan? Brian Bickle, who, you know, injury and all that. But there's a bunch of guys on the roster that just weren't performing. But Pittsburgh doesn't really have that yet. You know what I mean? Like you're looking at the guy, the guys that are making big money on that team. You can, I feel like we can assume Latang, Malk, and Crosby, they turn it around at some point. It might take yeah. 20 more games or 30 more games, but at some point they're going to turn it around. Right? It's just like in, what was it, 20, 2014, 2014 or 2015 when uh, Crosby went on that huge dry spell to start the season? And then it started the whole narrative started being, Oh, is Crosby done? And then he won back to back cups. <laughs> yeah. Right? So so this could be a very similar it won't it won't be as similar because they're, you know, five years older now or six years older now. But <laughs> It's that same concept of like, yeah, you might start writing like Martin laughs, like.
0: laughs. I think I think Martin laughs late normally though. Like this is yeah like, he when does I li- yeah yeah yeah. When I listen back to no, like the recordings and edit them, I'll be like, man, Martin's laugh here is so misplaced.
1: Man, I'm laughing like right after he says it. Let's in count my ears. <laughs> so like, something's okay. to wait. Oh my
3: god. It's just such a throw off because I'll be like saying something so dry, and then Martin's like, "Ah." <laughs> so <laughs>
2: so uh, let's go to the second half of who they, uh, who the, the the Penguins hired, and that's Brian Burke. Yeah.
0: Let's uh, yeah. Point, yeah we Brian, Burke. We don't need much on Burke after we've we just said all that about Hextel.
2: Yeah, I know, but uh, I I, I wanted to say I wanted to say that I liked Brian Burke on Sportsnet. I thought he was great.
3: Is that all you wanted to say? Nothing else?
0: Martin's I'm going to miss it off us. there,
2: I think.
3: Yeah, I think, um, I think it's a loss for Sportsnet. I feel like Burke was one – like, you heard the panel today on Sportsnet during the Montreal uh, Leafs game, and I was just, like, kind of bored. It was very boring. Like, they tried to, I, like – They had, like, one interesting clip of the whoever it was interviewing Burke and bringing up all those, like, highlights of him, like, shitting on other people. <laughs> and that was the only you- entertaining part.
0: Do you think Sportsnet gets better ratings than TSN? Because I don't understand how Sportsnet doesn't change up their horrid intermission like they have,
3: style. They still have the game, so it doesn't matter what's during the intermission. I know,
0: but right. like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they? TSN across the board does it so much better.
3: Yes, Ray why Ferrari
0: wouldn't off they off. copy them? <laughs> like, like, why don't
3: you just don't, app?
0: Like, why don't you just Facebook can't. the clubhouse out of that crap? You know, like. Like, <laughs> I can't. Like, how are you... Re- <laughs> <laughs> what
2: the fuck, oh, my God. Joke. What's, he, late.
0: what's he even laughing at? I don't even know what the joke was.
2: Which, which one? Which, which one? one? Wait, wait, wait. Please, I please forgot poke, what he said, to be honest. He spoke the crap
1: out of that clubhouse. <laughs> oh
0: oh God, I man. appreciate it, Martin. Thank you.
3: <laughs> You're um,
1: welcome. Honestly,
3: like,
2: there's only... Okay, so why why couldn't... um. The only, the only question is, why couldn't it have been Anthony Stewart who got hired? He wouldn't have been a loss.
0: Um, yeah, that's honestly. true. And they got Anson Carter back, too. So, I mean, <laughs> they had Anson Carter on tonight, so
3: they don't really yeah, need – Yeah, I was a, surprised by that. They don't really need Stewart anymore. I saw like 10 – it was like five tweets of like, wow, they have two people on the panel. <laughs> Finally, it took them freaking –
2: they had three because like, isn't David Amber there
1: too? Yeah, he is.
2: David oh, Amber, yeah. Anthony Stewart, yeah. Anson Carter, and they also had Cassie Campbell on there. Yeah,
3: lots bit. of diversity. Just, I wish the diversity they brought in, at least some of them were at least good.
2: <laughs> well, what about the what about the uh, the commentator, the guy who usually does
3: the Punjabi? He's now doing Hockey Night in Canada. Where's Kevin B- – I know he. that's not the, the, the diversity quota, but where's Kevin Biaxa been in the past little bit?
0: He was, he was, he's only on Saturdays, I think.
3: That's Kevin Biaxa B- – They need him, they need him he, there he, every night. He,
1: Kevin Biaxa B- B- is the best.
3: It's not even close. He's in California right now? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. He was streaming from his house, I think. So, yeah, that makes sense. Or wherever. I mean, needs. why
0: wouldn't you be in California when you can do virtual and –
3: Oh yeah, I'd be I'd be living. Actually, I can do virtual right now and I'm not living in California. <laughs> yeah. If I had the money, I would afford living. living. Yeah, if yeah, I could afford, afford it. it, I i um,
0: No, but Kevin BXa is by far the best on that. He was the best before Burke left and he has been the best since he was hired.
3: Yes. And it's not even and the thing is, the worst part is is that Biexa actually breaks down the game well. Anthony Stewart doesn't do that, man. Like, like you brought on an NHL player who should be able to be break down the game, and then you have Anthony Stewart out there, who's breaking down the game like my freaking brother would, who watches two hockey games a year. Like, there's <laughs> a reason
2: why Anthony Stewart wasn't a good NHLer. I guess
3: he, he didn't know how to play. <laughs> he seems kind he of was kind easy. Of Breaking down the game. I don't know about. Who? I don't know about lazy. I don't know. It, I mean, I don't it, know.
2: But, Dude, it's so funny. Some of the takes that he has are hilarious. He's like, oh, Liney, Liney scores 40 goals every single year when is on that one year, precisely. Like, goals and for Phillip, f- 40 goals for breakfast for Philip Forsberg. Easy 40 goals when Philip Forsberg has never done that. <laughs>
3: he barely scores 30 goals nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get him to 30 goals first before we start and, talking oh, 40 goal years out of him. But yeah, but on he's the, okay, brutal with it. It's just so, and VX is so good, so it's such a bad contrast. And like, it, you can hire all these NHL, former NHL players to break yeah. down games, and you get Anthony Stewart on there. Well,
2: I, I want to make a comment to Luke about I, I know that you know this is supposed to be about Brian Burke, but I want to make a comment that Luke made about having how TSN is so much better. But TSN also employs Craig Button and uh, Dave Poolin at their intermission shows, and yeah. they are also brutal. <laughs> So yeah, but I don't at think least
3: that they're it's... entertaining. Yeah, see, that's the difference. But Button might have awful takes every now and then, but he's entertaining, and he knows how to stir up a little something. Yeah. Like, Button, and... anytime he says anything, you get fucking 800 million comments on or mentions across Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and everything else. You hear Anthony, like you hear like any of the Sportsnet guys, other than maybe Anthony Stewart, he says something that's like it's not even entertaining. It's just like what are you saying? It's a, it's more of like what?
0: <laughs> yeah, Poulin Poolin actually breaks down the game and he helps with getting carried through the quiz. Like that's just a fun segment that is really enjoyable. So, I mean, I if like if,
3: I like Poulin. I don't he, hate he, Poulin. I like he, him. He's like, he old. Just, like, he just seems like a, I don't know. I mean, there's just something about him where I can't not like him. I don't get it.
2: Yeah.
3: But it's like, it's
0: more Rick just Carl. like the personalities on TSN is much better. Yeah. And honestly, Sportsnet with Elliot Friedman there and Chris Johnson and Brian Burke, they kind of had a thing. Um with Kevin Kevin Bieksa makes it a fun, entertaining like he makes it a thing too. He he roasts everyone. So he roasts, yeah. he's good, and he has
3: like interesting, and he has like interesting stories. Like Anthony Stewart has never told an interesting story.
0: <laughs> about, you, like, he's anyone. never hung out with interesting people. I don't think <laughs> like he he wasn't good enough to hang out with the good interesting players. And, <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! You guys would <laughs> be he like remember. Do you guys
3: remember? Do you guys remember that face-off segment that BX did a couple uh, a couple games ago? Now I think it was yes.
0: I I was literally like going to say.
3: Like, like that's what they should be having the NHL guys for, right? Like, you can actually learn something. Like, I've never thought too much about face-offs before, and then I'm watching and going, oh, yeah, like, I'm noticing. like That was actually really
0: good. That was really good. When you were talking about Kevin Bieksa, I was thinking of that segment and how good it was.
3: Exactly. And 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 I've thought about it, like, every night since I've watched. I've just been like, why can't they do that every game? It doesn't have to be face-offs. It can be, you know, how guys get to the net. It can be how guys shoot the puck different ways, right? You can analyze how Matthews shoots the puck versus how Marner shoots the puck and why Matthews is better at it or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, you can break the game down so much and BX can do that. Anthony Stewart, like, I don't know. I don't even know if he can. I don't like he's never, but he's never done it or attempted to do it. Right. So,
0: yeah. Kevin,
3: the, the, the
0: segment on Saturday made me think that the biggest loss for Vancouver wasn't on the ice. It was Manny Malhotra. Like that's what that segment made me think <laughs> is Manny Malhotra is the difference between what the Leafs were last year and what the Vancouver Canucks are this year. Okay. No one respond. <laughs> cool. that's, that's no
3: <laughs> we're not going to say soft. something. We have the have opportunity. Yeah.
1: I have no opinion on that. I was I was <laughs> waiting for someone to respond. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, I,
3: I, I agree with Luke on basically everything said. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I'm I think the smartest person here. Yeah, obviously. Yeah,
0: coach versus player. Eric's got a work call in like 10, 15 minutes. So uh, let's try to wrap
2: this up. No, no, no. <laughs> that, Luke, is, Luke is trying to push this to to push us to Eric. Luke's saying he wants to go to bed.
1: <laughs> Luke <laughs> wants Two to go to bed. Two things can be true let's at the same honest.
2: time, okay? I do. I do.
3: Ooh, yes. This is
2: the latest. Luke's computer had to have been off an hour and a half ago, man. Come on. (laughs) Sorry.
0: Well, 50 minutes ago, Ty. It's at 10. Ty always makes up 9.30. It's never been 9.30. It's always (laughs) been 10. But he always says There's a large
3: difference there between that.
2: Okay, whatever. 50 minutes ago, Luke had to have been in bed.
0: So Okay, back back to playing
3: coach.
2: Okay, yeah. yeah. So so this week, this week, uh, this uh, John Tortorella, uh, everyone knew this was going to happen, but ever since he got Patrick Line on the team, we uh, it was, what, two games, three games into his into Patrick Lyonet's Columbus Blue Jackets career, second and second game, and John Tortorella benches him for the third period. Mm-hmm. And how many, so, so I think this started the conversation of how many times... As great of a coach as John Tortorella is, how many times as a team are you going to accept this? Because the players don't like it. I, I can guarantee you, if you're a star player, you don't want to be benched.
3: Well, luckily Columbus doesn't have many star players, so they are good there. Mm-hmm. But
1: um... <laughs> Could be wide. <laughs> like, yeah, the them, thing but... is,
3: even with Lainey, isn't, really, isn't really a star right now either right like it's hard to call Line a, a star with okay. the way Okay well he's we're not we're not years. here
2: to say that Liney a, line a, line a is their best shooter right can't deny that Yes He's the it, best goal scorer on that He should be
3: team. their star He should be their
2: star and he you for just sure. traded your, your probably your number your your star player in Dubois your top line center in Dubois for him
3: and So do you, do you remember Tor Well <clears throat> god is, uh statement as to why he benched line basically he was like we're keeping it in-house i don't like to bench players but you know i need to be but it's super easy (laughs) he was like i don't like benching players but it's super easy to do (laughs) it was like back-to-back statements on it which was funny but yeah so i put a poll up on our story and i said if a star player and a coach are having issues who do you think needs to go and i put between obviously the player and the coach 75% or 74% of people chose fire the coach over getting rid of the star player. So that's where the audience is at.
1: Um, I think Tortorella I'd love is to the hear next,
3: everyone's thoughts on that starting with that.
1: I think Tortorella <laughs> is the next person to go in Columbus. You know, like I think Tortorella... I mean
3: if they keep performing this way 100%.
1: Yeah. Like I got especially if line does doesn't gel well in the system with Tortorella as the coach, I think I could easily see because the GM seems to like line a a lot. Like they wanted line a in the draft. They didn't get him. Now they have line a, they're going to try to make it work with line a. So I think, uh, and I think most people would say, most GMs would say it is star player over your coach. Even if the coach is tenured for a long time, but do you, he do hasn't you think had if Roslovic's pardon?
3: Do you think if Roslovic's working out that um they can still fire Tordrelic if they're getting like one of the two pieces where like if Rozovic's a sixty or seventy point guy in Columbus all of a sudden, I don't think he will be. I think sixty points is kind of the high end for Rozovic but right now he's point per game. Like if he starts working out, what's the conversation going to look like then?
1: But do you think that right? that team is performing at its highest level with Tortorella as the coach?
2: Well, like and honestly, yeah. Like like I think that Tortorella gets a lot out of his players. Like he's kind of like Barry Trotz gets a lot out of his players in the Islanders, right? He clearly does because. Two years ago, they swept. They were the number eight seed and swept the President's Trophy winning team, and it wasn't even close, right? And I mean, there was different. There was a different team two years ago. They had Peak Bobrovsky and also Panarin, right? And and you know they had the complementary pieces in in Dubois, and they always had Seth Jones and Morinsky. But I mean, last year they were also good. You know, they beat the Leafs and the, they beat they. They at least made a bit of a series uh, against Tampa this year, this time around as well, right? It was it wasn't yeah. like Tampa blew them out of the water. Every game was pretty close. Um, he does get a lot out of his players, and I think that I think in one of our first ever podcast episodes, we ranked our top coaches in the league, and I said T- John Tortorella is like a top three coach in the league, and I still believe it, that.
3: The thing is, right now, like the Blue Jackets are technically in a playoff spot, but they're only in a playoff spot because. They have one more point than the Hurricanes and four more games because the yeah. Hurricanes are dying because of COVID right now. Um, so, like, if if they, I'm not sure if it's a midseason firing, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem I like think a it's, rational thing to it's do. Such a,
2: it's so hard to. I think if you're – especially because the NHL is looking at cancelling practices and things like that with all the COVID outbreaks on, on the teams, that that might yeah. be a possibility. It's going to be so hard to fire a coach midseason unless yeah, something crazy because you, happens.
3: Because then you'd have to bring someone into the bubble, which means you have to wait like a week or two. Yeah. Them to do it and then all that shit, which means you don't have a coach, which means the assistant coach takes over for that time.
2: And then, how do you work? How do you practice the new systems and how do you get that across to the players and what you expect of them and where do you expect them to be? And how do you put a new coach coming in, in?
3: And how do you put an assistant coach in there for like a week or two weeks and then not just give him the full time job at the end of it? And maybe that's the solution. I don't know. I don't know anything about Columbus's assistant coaches like i don't know if they're Tortorella guys at heart or if they have a little bit of a different mindset like i think that's i don't don't know if he brought in his own team kind of sort of speak i don't know anything about their coaching but if they have differing opinions and stuff like that then it would be interesting to see an assistant take over
2: so i think that sorry god i was going to say
0: the thing is with players and coaches in the nhl it's a lot harder to move the bodies but i think the main thing is you know almost like last week when we were talking about how you have to make an example of the people who harass people from the top down like Mm -hmm. coaches have to make examples of star players about what to expect on teams um with it being such a trend for uh Tortorella, that's where it gets iffy. But I mean, I wish more players got benched. At the same time, you don't want to bench them because you don't want to hurt that relationship. Especially, I'm not, the,
3: huge, I'm not a huge fan of benching.
0: Like, there's there's better ways to go about it than just benching someone.
3: Um, like, I feel like benching is just a lazy approach. It's just, oh, I'm just going to bench you because I don't think you're performing well. I'm just going to bench you because I don't think you're putting in full effort. Like, it, to me, it just seems like, a lazy approach to coaching, right? And then and then the thing is it's, like, a bad feedback loop where the player performs badly, the coach benches him, and then the next game he performs better. But it's not because he got benched. It's because regression to the mean and he just had one bad game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't like that whole, like, dynamic. And it's a proven, like, concept. Like, they already tried – they already did this research with the military, right, where they punished – the gods, if they didn't do certain things and then the next or it was with fighter pilots i think and then the next day they were way better and they're like oh this is because we put you in trouble but it wasn't because of that it was just because if you have one bad game odds are you're gonna have a better game than that one the next time because you're gonna be back to what your talent level would allow for right so it's yeah. just it, to me it's just a lazy like way to go about coaching for me i, personally.
0: I don't disagree and the the problem is is that it's a very public way of doing it, which is never yeah, it's like helpful. A public
3: shaming, and it's a public yeah. shaming, which is also different than an internal thing of like, you know, internal I, I, punishment, sort to speak. Because at the same awful.
0: time, if it, if you don't think that player is going to help you win, then yeah, you don't play them. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like the same reason you don't play fourth line players. Mm-hmm. Like, so I wouldn't say it's that big of a deal, but if you don't think it's going to help you win, then you just don't play them
3: but is a benching ever because you don't think you're gonna win with that player like you know Crosby it, Crosby's never gotten benched so that's a bad example but um who like Marner getting benched I remember you know gets benched all, all the time yeah yeah Nylander getting benched does Nylander like at his worst any like really that bad compared to a fourth liner at their worst yeah because I would yeah
2: because dude like that Babcock used to bench Nylander to play Freddie the go, you know,
3: and play like Matt. And then they put Martin like 15 minutes out there. And then you would just be like, okay, I'm watching. I, like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't see it being very useful. And, and I'm not a coach, so I can't like go out and say like, you're an idiot for doing this. Like, I don't have a very strong opinion on it. It's just like a, it's just like a feeling of lazy. It's a, like a lazy approach where, It's like this old school mentality of I'm going to do this instead. And it's like the research at least shows the, it's not the punishment that makes the player pay play better. It's the fact that they're going to regress back to their performance, their earlier performances, right?
2: The optics of it, especially for him benching line in game two of his Columbus blue jackets career after he just made a huge trade for him, I think is also the issue here because Mm -hmm. again, so as good as a coach, as good as a coach of John, as John Torella is like, how long do you tolerate this? As you know, as as a team, as a uh, in because the, Dubois isn't the first like Dubois. The just thing wanted is, wanted to leave and Dubois worked
3: know, he, out for a while too. It was only up to this year when it it stopped working,
2: right? And he, but he clearly and gave he played, up on the team, man. He gave up on the team this year. He wasn't even trying yeah. out there. He was begging for he a he trade. He was also mad,
3: but His reasoning was Kekalainen. It wasn't Tortorella. We have to also kind of remember that too.
2: Was it? I'm sure Tortorella. Is that what he he said?
3: I'm sure Tortorella had a pardon in it, but he blamed the contract negotiations for why he left. And Keckelainen went and said, no, that's not it. Everything was fine. That's not the issue, or something like that. So it might also be kind of problematic to say Dubois left because he might have. Like, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be the type of person to want to play under Tortorella, but. I probably wouldn't want to play under 90% of coaches in the NHL because I'm not, I don't have the work ethic of a yeah. NHL player.
0: <laughs> right. But, okay. So, so for benching, right? If I saw that shift that Pierre Luc Dubois did that game, I would bench him too. Like yeah. that was about just yes. absolute no show, terrible performance, not being a good team player. I would. I would be like, yeah, sit your ass on the bench. You clearly don't want to be here. But It was I'm a gonna smart the thing. Other 11 people.
2: It was a smart move by Dubois because he knew that they were going to wait until the off season to trade him. Unless he did something, he forced them to, he got his way because he, he like, I think Kekalainen is a pretty patient GM. He would have waited it out until, you know,
3: later on it, in the I year. I think It would have been a Duchenne type thing. Like I'm going to yeah. wait until I get the offer I want for Dubois. And I mean, would he have gotten better than Roslovic and Line? I don't know. Maybe.
2: I think it also oh. made. I think it also worked out that Line wanted out of Winnipeg. You know, for however long. Kind of
3: perfect, because Roslovic and Line wanted out. Dubois wanted out. It's just a whole sure. bunch of guys yeah. who
2: didn't who didn't want to play for their current teams, getting traded yeah. for each other. Well, Dubois wanted hit? to go
3: to a bid market. Line A probably wanted to go to a different market, and then Line A ends up in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Or Columbus.
0: My my thing with like the coach and, and player argument is it depends on h- how much of a vibe and how much that player controls the room. It's all about like the I, vibes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I yeah. do
0: think like if it's just one star player, like if it's just Matthews that hates Keith Keith. You don't put Matthews above the other twenty-two guys oh, if if they all know. like key. Like oh man,
3: like I would. <laughs> I feel like, I'm like I'm training the entire team and building around Matthews again. But
0: you can you can work out a relationship hopefully between one star player and the coach. You can't really work it that out work if it's out multiple st- players. I don't think. That I don't think Many for, players sorry. liked Babcock. I think what happened with they Babcock. Didn't. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. A lot with, of them right? didn't like Babcock. every
2: one or two guys. The, M- he, Babcock had to go to Arizona every summer to visit Matthews for a reason, right? And it was to like it, it every summer, and it was kind of rumored that it's because Matthews wasn't enjoying his time with a coach, and 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 you know, the, probably the, like the, the lineup, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: but I don't think, I don't think. So that's what my point is. I think what Matt the the. Approach that Babcock and Matthews had filtered throughout the room to make Babcock not liked across other players, and that's what I'm saying. With context matters. Like if if it was just Matthews and keith and oh, other yeah. players liked, other players liked keith then and it was just like a one on one issue, then I think it's a different context. But I, you could I tell that a lot of people didn't players, like Babcock.
3: Yeah, I think it also depends how much the players like the coach too, right? Because I don't. I don't think it's what most, they
0: just said.
3: And I don't know. No, no. But I'm, what I'm saying is, like, it also depends on do they like the coach or do they love the coach? Are they like, they're all in it for the coach or are they just like, you know, he's a coach and they all like him and none of them have a problem with him, right? Because I don't know how many coaches in the league players are like, I love this guy, right? Because it yeah. at the end of the day.
2: How many guys on Columbus would would actually say, I love John Tortorella?
3: I, I, I mean, can't like he came out and defended him after, but I think that's more of a
2: – So to did Nick your guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I don't think the players necessarily hate Tortorella, but I'm not sure if they, like, would want to grab a – I don't think they want to – And we grab don't know.
2: Player. We We really don't know, right? We're just looking at it from a fan's perspective when we see Tortorella pissed off and in his entire coaching career getting pissed off at players and, you know, angry and screaming yeah. at them on the bench. We see that. Right. And yeah. you think, wow, I would hate that if my, and if my boss at work treated too. me like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I think players remember that, too, because it leaves a negative feeling. Like whenever I think about an old boss that did something, it's just like a negative. It's like a lingering feeling, even if it wasn't to me, if it was like to someone I liked, like I'd still be mad about it. Right. Even if it had nothing to do with me, if I if they forced like one of my coworkers out that I liked or whatever, like I'd be I wouldn't be happy about it necessarily
0: like it's very easy for that dislike of a coach to spread to other teams once the star player has it and with the thing with the thing with tortorella i think felino is a good captain and the players like him and so if he speaks positively towards tortorella there's it's going to be a lot better like the the effect of the captain does hold a lot of weight i think in that regard and I think people like Felino. Yes.
3: I mean, he seems like a good guy. I don't
0: know. Anyways, <laughs> it's 11 to 10. That's all
3: good. Yeah,
2: Luke's, uh, Luke's bedtime, Luke's everybody. Bad time. Yeah. He's cutting it so, here.
0: Everyone, please like, follow, subscribe, leave a review. It literally takes 30 seconds. If you don't leave a review, Eric will... Um, if Eric you leave Cole. a review, Eric will be nice to you for a whole day i'll in send the
3: you feet. i'll send you feet pics if you yeah. uh, leave uh, leave a review yeah. wow will send i thought that's too i thought
2: that's going for the patreon <laughs>
3: oh yeah that's true i i do need to save my best stuff for the patreon slash the, you'll get a free you'll get a free sample
2: ready. though you'll
3: get a sample okay out. if I we get a hundred
0: reviews if we get a hundred reviews from this episode ty will start in OnlyFans.
3: Oh, another, another one. I agree. So yeah, other than mean another other than one. he already has.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyways, people in the pipeline, we have some really exciting guests. So hopefully, we're able to bring those to you in the coming weeks slash months. Um,
3: yeah, hopefully we'll have a hopefully, hopefully fingers we'll crossed.
0: Big things in the pipe. All right, everyone. Pipe. Cheers.
1: Good night.